0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: It is said that the absence of quality relationships is killing us faster than obesity and the lack of exercise. Loneliness and social isolation may even increase the risk of premature death by up to 50 percent. Hello everyone and welcome to the Navin Times Podcast. Our guest today is Narinda Kingar, a practicing clinical psychologist and psychotherapist working in Mumbai for the past 36 years. He is the founder of talk to me a mental health NGO. He has worked in several schools, few colleges, companies and has been a guest trainer and resource person at several large corporates. He has been featured in the Times of India for conducting the largest study on mental health in the police on 1800 police personnel sponsored by Harvard University. He has been associated as honorary clinical psychologist at the Holy Family Hospital and as consultant clinical psychologist at the Sir H.J. Reliance Hospital in Mumbai. He was also on the panel of Air India for several years and is a partner of Cozy Clinic, an exclusive psychiatric hospital in Mumbai. Mr. Kinga, hello and welcome to our podcast.
0: Maria, thank you very much. Uh, I think that was a very, very elaborate uh, introduction, uh, but a very kind of you and I'm extremely happy to be here with you this morning.
1: In fact, we have been looking forward to speaking with you for quite some time and we are so excited that you are here with us and speaking because we all know, I I think we all know the importance of good mental health. And to have good mental health, relationships are really important. So for everyone listening, we will be speaking to Mr. Kinger on relationships. But before we move ahead, Mr. Kingar, tell us something about Talk To Me. It's an NGO that you have started. Uh, what is the genesis of, of Talk To Me?
0: So, Maria, uh, as you introduced me, I've been practicing for a long time and along the <clears throat> way I realized that uh, there's a huge need for services for say deprived sections of society. Uh, because uh, mental health services, unlike uh, physical health, requires an ongoing kind of monitoring. It may need more than one expert or more than uh, uh, one mental health expert kind of helping you out. So uh, actually Talk To Me was set up in 2017. And as the name suggests, it is an NGO which caters exclusively to people who want to unburden their emotional turmoils, difficulties, issues and problems. Uh, Now uh, we are going to focus only on mental health because I felt that uh there were not too many support services outreach programs uh, for mental health because the mental health scenario in india is pretty bleak it has been bleak and it is only now that we are waking up to the fact that mental health is as much if not more important than our physical health so uh i think uh, uh you know there are enough services uh though the number compared to international uh, studies Uh, or standards is much lower, but we have people uh, offering services to sections of society. But uh, people from deprived sections of society have a need for these services much more. uh, Because poverty actually is one of the causal factors in many mental health uh, issues. Uh, But these people are afraid to seek these services. So uh, India also suffers from, uh, say, lack of awareness. Uh, kind of inability to sustain treatment for a long duration so i think uh, the objective of mental of uh, talk to me when we set it up was to create awareness about mental health and i think this this kind of a podcast really helps us do that and uh, and kind of raise awareness also about what are the different mental health concerns in our country uh, most important i think it is uh, that uh, mental health services should become accessible and affordable to everyone. So, right. uh, Maria, we have uh, a very unique model, which offers free therapy services to in- individuals from deprived sections of society. Uh, we, and we also have a pay-as-you-can model for, for people who can afford to pay some amount of money. Now, uh, we don't have any fixed fee for those who are seeking counseling or, or consultations. And whatever money is paid, by those who can afford is ploughed back into the ngo to help those who cannot afford so we are an ngo registered with the charity commissioner and we have all the necessary government compliance in place uh, so currently we have one office uh, which is located at mahim mumbai where people can actually walk in physically and uh, see counselors and therapists uh, and we also offer physical as well as virtual sessions to clients from different parts of the country so uh, some of the very interesting projects like I told you uh, the last two years have gone up uh, gone in pandemic right, uh, but right. we have actually worked on several projects uh, when we started we started working with a slum school then during the pandemic uh, uh, we worked with the police personnel at a local police station uh, we have worked with several state run and privately managed women's shelters we have worked with, uh, uh, we did a pro- project at Pune with juvenile delinquents uh, with the support of the police commissioner over there. We have worked at an orphanage. And we also, like I said, uh, have individual clients for counselling at talk to me. So, so uh, the whole idea is to do many more such activities uh, and to kind of make mental health a, a priority in our country. Uh, the kind of population that we have chosen is uh, like people are n- normally neglected like slum schools or shelters and juvenile delinquents uh, And we feel that uh, the kind of work we want to do should have a multiplier effect That means the kind of population we work with should actually benefit uh, society across the board So this is largely a bit about talk to me
1: Wow That is so commendable and it's such a great service. Mr. Kingar. I think uh, if many more Are able to give this kind of service our country would be better equipped to handle mental health issues Um, so my first question to you would be about what is the role of relationships in our lives like I said our our focus today is going to be relationships and we all know that relationships are important but uh, you ask anyone to define and tell you what exactly is the role most of us um, are stumped. We know it's important, but we don't know exactly how. So, can you throw some light on on this?
0: Yeah. So, uh, I think it's a great uh, starting point, uh, Maria. Uh, uh, what we all humans all humans form relationships with other people. Uh, from childhood, our first relationship is with our mother, and then the extended family joins in. And across as we grow older. We we keep forming different relationships with different people in and around us. So as humans, the relationship we form with other people are actually vital to our mental and emotional well-being and even for our survival. So there have been a lot of studies done like in orphanages where uh, say that there there are people who are giving you food, uh, giving you milk and things like that. But at the same time, uh, you don't have too many people touching you, picking you up, cuddling you, smiling at you. Uh, And they have found that uh, just the fact that uh, if a baby in an orphanage is picked up more often, uh, that baby's language skills and emotional development is much better. So social support is a very important part of being a human being. And therefore, when social relationships kind of break down or are damaged, it can have a very big impact on our mental health and our well-being. Now, our relationships are imperative for many different reasons, because it helps us feel emotionally well. It creates a sense of stability in our lives. Mm -hmm. We learn how to be a good friend or a companion. We learn how to count on other people and trust other people when we need them. And as well as sometimes when we feel that we cannot face certain challenges. We have somebody to talk to or vent our our kind of emotions to. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, the starting point, which you said, that relationships actually take away our loneliness and make us feel connected to other people. So I think it's a very very important uh, uh, role of. Uh, uh, so sorry, uh, can I just take that again? So I think yeah. relationships actually play a very very important role in our life. So I just like to say a few things over here. Uh, so, there was a, a study done by the National Bureau of Economic Research. Uh, they did a study of about 5,000 people and they found that uh, uh, they they connected with people who kind of had friends and they asked us, a group, to kind of look consciously, work on increasing the number of friends they have. And uh, they found that people who are actually increased their friends felt as if it's uh, as good as as if it's a 50% increase in their income. So, having more friends actually probably increases your sense of well being. Mm. Now, the other side, let's look at the contrary of this. So, uh, uh, if you have low social support, low connectivity, low connectedness, or you don't really have too many people supporting in life, it can lead to a lot of issues. Like loneliness has actually been associated with depression. And uh, there have been studies with different populations which show that uh, even people who are ill or uh, having major health issues, uh, when they have uh, satisfying relationships, vis-a-vis having uh, dissatisfactory relationships, the amount of depression, pain, fatigue, etc. increases for those who say that we are not really having good relationships. A second very interesting thing is that Uh, there's a strong correlation between loneliness and immune system uh, breakdown or immune system dysregulation that means when you have more friends more connectedness it actually increases the chance of well-being at the immune system level third uh, there was a study done a couple of years back uh, with adults who had high blood pressure and they found that uh, people who have high blood pressure uh, if they were allowed to mingle and mix up with people and if they were isolated, those who actually mixed up with people, their blood pressures dropped. So, actually, yeah, there are a lot of physical and psychological uh, aspects to having relationships.
1: Absolutely. I do agree with you. I mean, uh, I think a simple example would be, like you said, you know, when we are not well, and if we have someone to care for us, to tend for us, to be there by our side, it helps you so much. Uh, rather than when you are alone and you're looking after yourself so yes yes yes, yes. So I,
0: I can just i mean like while you were saying this i just remembered now during covid uh if you uh, there were a lot of uh, discussions around covid and people who had to be hospitalized during covid and uh, i i as a as a as a conversational thing a lot of people uh more than the fear of death or dying or Uh, you know, uh, something bad happening to them, a lot of them actually were shaken up by the fact that nobody could visit them, nobody could be around them, nobody could come to the hospital or the COVID ward. And that sense of isolation actually really triggered a very huge uh, reaction from most of the people. So, yeah, you are absolutely right about this.
1: Right. Now, there are so many different types of relationships. What, according to you, are how would you categorize them actually rather than just saying what are the types how would you categorize these relationships
0: so uh maria so let's try to understand as i as i was saying earlier our first relationships are family relationships right the mother child the father child you know uh, extended family so our basic uh, relationship starting point is family relationships uh as we start going to school or uh, as we start ex- as a child starts exploring the environment he gets out of the house he goes to the park uh you know he visits uh, people outside uh, in the community uh, or to the church or to the temple or to the mosque and that's where you strike up friendships so you start going out of the comfort of your home and you develop friendships then come acquaintances so you uh, your friends may have a couple of friends and you kind of get engaged with them you get to know them so that leads to acquaintances uh, as we grow older, uh, uh, I mean, there have been uh, people who say that I had my first crush at the age of six. I mm-hmm. had my first, first crush at the age of eight or 10 or 12. So so from these acquaintances, we move to romantic relationship where you start developing special feelings, emotions towards a person of the opposite gender largely. Sometimes it could be the same gender. A lot of people say that I fell in love with you know, my a partner in school or whatever. Uh, as we become older, then come sexual relationships. Uh, you kind of start acting out and you start kind of developing sexual relationships with people. Uh, after that, as you become an adult, functional adult, you kind of have work relationships uh, where you start going to uh, different offices or you have your own bis- business and you have kind of these relationships which are purely related to what you're trying to achieve in life. Uh, I think there's also what we call a situational relationships. So mm-hmm. for example, a teacher and a student. So uh, your relationship with your student uh, is kind of because you're in a position that you're teaching them or you're giving them certain expertise. Uh, then we come to community relationships like where uh, you kind of you volunteer, you kind of want to do something good for society. So you join a community which is in the same uh, branch. Uh, I also think there is something known, uh, something could be certain relationships are group relationships. That means, uh, you know, if you're, if you're going for a holiday in a, on a cruise liner, mm-hmm. uh, the family kind of forms relationships uh, with other families which have come to have a holiday. And while those seven days we are together with them, it's kind of uh, a group relationship that develops and some of them will just last for the duration of that time uh now uh, as a psychologist actually according to me the most important relationship is a relationship that you have with yourself so i think uh, uh from a psychological perspective we also have a relationship with us with ourselves and that is the most important relationship
1: this is something new that i've heard of course um we know that we are important and we need to take care of ourselves you spoke about the different types of relationships but what determines the significance of of these relationships like what are those factors that tells us okay this is more important than the other one Uh,
0: so uh, so actually uh, so let us let us look at how relationships uh, kind of flow out Uh, so so for example a person who's in a position of authority expects us to obey them Mm-hmm. And we also expect that, you know, if this person is an authority, whatever they're saying, we have to do. So typically we do what they tell us. Our friends expect us to support them, encourage them, have fun with them. And vice versa, we expect that our friends will do this for us. Uh, so all of us actually are looking forward to maintain healthy and rewarding relationships. So, So I think that's one part of it. So we all need relationship which which are which are which are positive for us which make us feel happy which make us feel connected uh and which we feel are really uh, you know helping us grow as human beings so uh actually it's it helps us kind of bond with another human being so emotional bonding is very very critical part of uh, forming these kind of relationships in our life uh, so what are the factors which help us i think Uh, One of the factors which help us form relationships is compatibility. So, we need to be compatible with people we have relationships with. So, for example, somebody is uh, kind of interested in good health or physical exercise. Uh, You know, you find a friend who's interested in that, that compatibility helps the relationship. Uh, And somebody is, you know, interested in exercise, but your friend is only interested in eating food or being lazy it may actually impact the quality of the relationship. Uh, The second part, I think, is communication. So uh, we keep on using this word communication, communication as if it's like a jingo word. But really, uh, I think it's very, very critical in all type of relationships. Uh, The third thing, I think, is honesty. Like uh, those relationships which we perceive as more honest or where we feel that the other person has our back or is kind of you know, really looking out for us is where we kind of connect much better. Uh, Sometimes, of course, extreme honesty can be brutal and it can actually destroy the relationship. But by and large, I think certain amount of honesty is very, very critical. Uh, I think people who stay calm have better relationships. Uh, This ability to stay calm is important because when you overreact, you are actually uh, creating a sense of imbalance in the relationship and the other person is not able to predict which way you're going to swing. So, so this ability to stay calm is is a very very important part in relationships. Forgiving others. So I'm sure in any long-term relationship, I'm sure you have experienced that uh, you know people make mistakes or people may step on your toes or people may do things which you don't like or you kind of feel should not have been done. And uh, a long healthy relationship is also based on this ability to forgive and forget and move on from there. Uh, a very critical part also is uh, of a happy relationship is the ability to laugh and smile together. So cracking jokes, you know, back, back patting and kind of having a good laugh mm-hmm. about certain things is very, very critical. Now, the most important part, I think, is the amount of time you spend together. So a lot of social psychology studies show that uh, people, we normally form relationships with people with whom we spend time. Uh, So, the more time you spend with a person, you kind of interact more, you connect more, you get to know the other person better, you are able to predict their moods, you're able to predict their difficulties and issues, and as a result, uh, it helps the relationship. Uh, But I feel that the pace of life that today we all have, at least in metro cities, and I can definitely talk about Mumbai, a lot of us are giving low priority to relationships on our list to do our to-do list so we have mm-hmm. long list of to-do list but relationships are really at the bottom so I think it's very important that uh, we focus on relationship because it will really uh, stand us good in the long run.
1: Absolutely, now you, you know the se- I think it was a second point that you spoke about and you said one of the characteristics of determining what makes relationship uh, important to us is compatibility but. Uh, if you're speaking about compatibility, Mr. Kingar, w- mm. some of us—I uh, remember as uh, you know, growing up—I—I—I I, I was always at loggerheads with uh, my mum, and uh, sometimes yeah. I still—I believe I, I still am. So I, there mm. isn't there isn't uh, too much of compatibility, but my mum is my mum, and for me, that's a very important relationship. Uh, yeah. So, uh, compatibility does not come much in the picture of a parent and a child. Uh, w- would I be right in saying this or am I wrong?
0: Uh, so, so uh, I don't know if you are married, Maria, uh, uh, but a lot of married people, uh, if you ask them, uh, uh, you know, along the way as you grow older, uh, you ask your husband or, you, or somebody asks the wife, like, who do you think uh, my spouse resembles the most? And they'll say that, you know, she is more like the mother and he's more like the father. Mm -hmm. So you'll find that in the long run, excuse me for a minute. Uh, In the long run, uh, we end up resembling our parents to a very, very large way. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, the point that you raised that you are not very, uh, you are not very compatible with your mother. But your mother uh, is very, very important to you. I 100% wholeheartedly agree. Uh, your mother was the first relationship that you had in life. Your mother made sure you survived. Your mother made sure that you got food. Your mother made sure that you were safe. Your mother made sure that, uh, you know, every time you were in trouble, she was around. So, right. actually, she was your primary caretaker. And whether you are compatible with her or not, uh, this this sense of connectedness comes from that early mother-child bonding. Uh, now... Imagine if you didn't have a mother and you just had a father, and it was your father who did this for you, you'll have that connectedness with your father. So, really what we are talking about here is that you felt valued, you felt nurtured, you felt protected, you felt uh, kind of safe in that sense. Though you may have a different mindset or you may have a different way of looking at life, uh, your relationship with your mother is important from that point of view. So, it was a nurturing relationship. Now, if you have a mother who is rejecting, a mother who is unloving, a mother who doesn't care a damn about you, or a mother who is absent, or a mother who is ill, you will have this similar attachment bonding process with somebody else who will replace a mother in that sense. So, I think this is the uh, point I would like to make here.
1: Okay. Okay. It makes a lot of sense. It does make a lot of sense. So, and I think uh, most of us, uh, have this thing with our parents especially when we are growing up you know we always at loggerheads or uh, we don't agree we are not on the same plane in fact and we we feel that they don't understand us but that relationship is very vital for us Uh, mr kinger you have spoken about different relationships you have uh, you know categorized them but what in your opinion is the most crucial relationship and which again in your opinion is the most difficult one. This is a a trick question maybe but yeah.
0: Okay, so I will come back to, uh, (coughs) excuse me. So, uh, as I was speaking earlier, uh, I think the most crucial and powerful relationship is a relationship that we have with our own self or the relationship that you have with yourself. Now, actually, it is this relationship that sets the standard for all other relationships. Uh, So a lot of psychological theory talks about self-awareness. Like you should be aware of different aspects of your own self. Mm -hmm. Uh, You should focus on understanding your traits, your behaviors, your feelings. So essentially, uh, when we focus on our own self, like when we pay attention to our own self, That is what leads to self-awareness. And a lot of philosophers have been talking about being self-aware because uh, self-awareness actually helps you to learn and to understand better why you feel what you feel and why you behave in a particular way. Uh, Now, this awareness that, uh, you know, why I think what I think, why I feel what I feel, why I do what I do, actually gives you an opportunity and freedom to change things about yourself. Because if I don't understand, I, I function on autopilot. I, I create a life which I don't really understand. I make mistakes which kind of disable my my ability to survival or which, which kind of impact me in a very negative manner. Uh, so actually, if you want to create the kind of life that you want, uh, this self-awareness actually helps us to create that life. I'll give a very simple example here, Maria. Uh, so there's a heat wave going on currently, right, all over the country. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, we find that uh, so there's a lot of research which shows that, you know, when the temperature rises, people's emotions kind of become more afraid, you know and, yeah, so temper rises and suddenly you find that more people are stopping their cars on the road, bikes on the road people are fighting in buses, public transport, so actually this awareness that actually, if you become aware that I'm angry because the temperature around me has increased, if you really just become aware or some kind of attention is drawn to this, you'll find that people will consciously probably calm down. But the fact that I'm not aware that actually is the heat. And in a cooler place, people are calmer, easygoing, you know, you're kind of huddled up, you're kind of warming yourself. That kind of helps you to feel easy, feel calm, feel cool. So so honestly, the fact that the temperature can have such a big important role to play in our life, Not too many of us are aware of this or not too many of us focus on this. So, when you're talking about self-awareness, I think it's a very, very important part because when you're self-aware, as an individual, you consciously know and understand your own character, your own feelings, your own motives and your own desires. So, I think uh, this is the critical uh, or the most crucial relationship, uh, in my opinion. Uh, The the most... (laughs) Uh, Difficult relationship uh, is actually romantic relationships. Uh, Because uh, romantic relationships are relationships which have the highest amount of intimacy. So, you you are closer to the person you are romantically involved with than with any other person. Uh, A lot of people uh, who actually get married or newly married realizes that, you know, uh, because they start focusing so much on the partner, Everybody says, ke, you know, you become Joruka gulam. Mm-hmm. or you're only thinking of your husband. You're no longer worried about us or concerned about us. So, actually, even the environment around you realizes that actually this person you're romantically involved with is uh, become the closest. And this closeness is emotional. This closeness is physical. This closeness is mental. And even spiritual. Because you're spending maximum amount of time with each other. And I think... At times, it can become very, very overwhelming to have this kind of closeness.
1: Okay, so you have been practicing for 36 years. Yeah. How have you seen relationships evolving? What they were earlier, say maybe like 25 years ago and what they are today. What is the difference, Mr. Kingar?
0: People have become more impulsive. People have become uh, less, 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 less tolerant, I think, in that sense. So I think uh, one of the bigger changes I have seen is that whenever there are arguments in relationships, and uh, these could be, uh, I'm largely here talking about now romantic or, uh, uh, you know, close relationships. Mm -hmm. I think that's one part. Uh, I think communication challenges have become bigger. So everybody has a cell phone. uh, So a lot of people are spending too much time on the cell phone. So, uh, though it was supposed to increase communication between people, I think in the long run spending long hours either on social media or on the phone or, you know, watching, playing games or doing other stuff, uh, kind of the communication relationships have really broken down. And there are huge challenges now where most of the people say that, you know, even to the toilet, he carries his phone or he's not really uh, spending time with <laughs> me. Even at home, he's constantly on his phone and yes, him, yes, he or her whatever. Yeah, so I mean, that so there's non-communication which has happened in relationships. Uh, the third part is I think uh, all of us are trying to as part of this communication issues, a lot of people are trying to read the mind of the partner. So you instead of trying to ask questions and understand, people are just trying to read the mind as to what's going on in his mind and kind of fill in the blanks, and they come to their own judgments and uh, things. Uh, the fourth is a lot of conversational battles, like people are, con- so an argument which starts, I have had a lot of couples come and tell me that, you know, she was arguing with me till 4 o'clock in the morning and I couldn't sleep and the next day, you know, I really struggled at work mm-hmm. or vice versa, where, where arguments and conversations carry on late into the night and fights become a way to just prove a point rather than reach a resolution uh i think a lot of cu- people are growing apart i think some couples find it very difficult to deal with the changes that are happening in relationships another major uh, uh evolution i've seen uh, maria is infidelity i think a uh, lot of people are having extramarital, a uh, lot of uh, people are having dating multiple people so so there's a huge amount of infidelity which is happening uh, and a lot of couples are struggling with this uh, infidelity part. Uh, now, this infidelity need not be physical or sexual. It can even be emotional. People are having work relationship infidelity. People are having different kinds of situations where, uh, you know, they get connected to others. And as a result, their own important relationship takes a backseat. Mm-hmm. So, a uh, lot of people are working currently on building their relationships after affairs but I think uh, the wounds need a lot of tending to and that, that really takes some time. So I think it's important that we focus on this part of life. Uh, there are a lot of us who are going through various traumas. So uh, there are life events, external pressures, which are beginning to impact uh, relationships. And I think this COVID has been a very, very big lesson for a lot of people where they kind of, they lost jobs or they lost, lost their salaries or they could not continue what they were doing. So, I think a lot of these events actually really impact your relationship. I think it's very important that any person in a relationship, rather than looking at you and me, has to start looking at us. You know, I think that's the key part of it. Uh, Sex has become also a very, very critical part where uh, I think a lot of people are talking of that, you know, in the first year of marriage itself, uh, the sex drive goes down and people really don't have time to have sex. I think that's one part that can become a problem very, very Mm significantly in in relationships. Um, Money is the next part. I think uh, there were some lot of studies done where they say that uh, in the first two, three years, a lot of people, about one out of ten, have fights over money. And, uh, you know, one partner can be spending excessive money. One partner is a natural kind of saver. as a result there are huge conflicts about attitude to money and financial pressures definitely put a burden on relationships Uh, the recent other trend that i'm seeing is that uh people are getting bored of relationships uh i think uh the tolerance for uh, the sameness of being with the same person Mm -hmm. over a period Mm -hmm. of time is is kind of no longer seen as a virtue you know it's being seen as oh you're stuck and you're not really and uh, whenever you feel down and out, or you feel low, or you feel that, oh, this is not working for me, people are tending to give up very easily on relationships rather than looking at, like I said, sit down, have a conversation, become more self-aware, focus on what really it is that's that made me actually get into this relationship. Uh, also, to understand that relationships actually change over time. So, the person you fell in love with at age 25, is a different human being at age 30 because this person is evolving growing so to sure. expect that they will behave the same way five years down the line is a bit stupid i think uh, it's not really sensible so so companionship is important having an understanding of the long term value of relationship is important and not taking relationship for granted is important another l- big change that i see is a lot of people today don't want to have children so so a lot of people don't want to get married and those who want to get married don't want to have children. So <laughs> these are some of the changes I've seen.
1: Wow. But um, but relationships are important. Whatever said and done, they have so many advantages and benefits for us, not just physically, but even emotionally and mentally. And we need to work on our relationships. Now, how, Mr. Kingar, would you define a toxic relationship we have been speaking about what makes a good relationship um, uh, what is um, important about a relationship but what about toxic relationships like how would one know that this is really bad for me because invariably in our country women are made to believe that once you're married and you know you are in a relationship it is supposed to be forever of course as you've said things are changing but most of us believe that this is this is it i I just have to stick and and uh, and do the best i can and i have to suffer so what would you say is a toxic relationship
0: so nobody has to suffer I think all human beings have a right to be happy. So so I don't think this is very valid that we have to suffer for sure. Uh, so let me let me get back to what's a toxic relationship. So before we talk about a toxic relationship let's understand what's a tox toxin. So a toxin is something which is poisonous. Some uh, it's a substance which can cause illness, damage or even death. So so a toxic relationship is a sick relationship. It's as simple as that. Uh, It's also a relationship which is possibly better that it dies. I mean, it's something which should not survive. So I think one of the starting points is that any relationship that makes you feel unsupported, misunderstood, attacked, or demeaned is a toxic relationship. Uh, On a very basic level, uh, any relationship that makes you feel worse than before, like you are feeling X way. So -hmm. let's say you're you're feeling 0.5. You're feeling that... I'm at a five, and after you get into the relationship, you feel that I'm a two. That's mm-hmm. a toxic relationship. Okay? So these toxic relationships can kind of exist in any context. So so you gave the example of women are made to feel that you know you married uh, now you to you to stay over here. I have had a lot of men who told me, okay, oh, just because I married, I've been told by my family, stay over here. So I think the rules of the game are same for both genders it's not just women who are told i think it's men also who are told right, right so right. i think i think we need to really uh get out of this whole idea of male versus female and get into the fact that it's about anybody for that matter uh, and uh this 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 is a very very critical uh part that you touched on and i would like to elaborate a bit now we also have what we call as abusive relationships so uh so toxic is a one level where uh, you know, you feel, like I said, unsupported, misunderstood, attacked. Abusive is an extreme form of toxicity. And I think anybody who's in such an abusive relationship should get out. So, so again, that abuse can be physical, sexual, emotional. And I think anybody who's gone through these kind of uh, toxic relationships should talk to a mental health expert, I think, because uh, it, it it kind of leads to a lot of personality changes. So let me touch on some of these uh, personality changes. A person who's been in a toxic relationship doesn't feel safe. Uh, The sense of emotional safety, like I said, in your family which you had, or with your friend which you had, suddenly you start feeling that, uh, really, uh, I'm not feeling safe. You're not able to share your thoughts. You're not able to share your feelings with this person. Whatever you think, whatever you feel is criticized. Uh, You're constantly kind of afraid of saying what you want to say. You can't be you can't be honest in this relationship. You're constantly thinking in your mind: Can I say this? Will it be misunderstood? Uh, is this person going to understand what I'm trying to convey? And I think net net, it creates a issue where you start feeling that you are imperfect and you are accountable. So at the same so you're time, so you basically,
1: Mr. Kinker, basically you are walking around. Uh, this person has though so You're walking on eggshells. You are careful absolutely. every at- moment. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Not it's just Absolutely. your
1: words, but even your, you know, your, your body language. You have to be so careful, right?
0: Yeah, you have to be extremely careful that uh, I don't know what I'm going to say, which is going to backfire on me. So I think mm-hmm. that's very, very well, well said. Uh, the second thing which I was uh, talking about earlier, we spoke about it. That communication or good communication is very, very critical to relationships. And these toxic relationships, sometimes not sometimes, almost all times. There's a breakdown of communication and each partner becomes resentful. You start kind of, you keep on getting more and more angry. You kind of feel hurt. And over a period of time, you lead to this huge sense of uh, emotional hurt. Uh, Every conversation becomes a fight. Every, Every discussion becomes an argument. And somewhere you feel that I have to keep on defending everything I say. At times, there can be total withdrawal. You become cold. You kind of don't, don't uh, uh, want to connect at all. So, manipulative words, uh, attaching judgments to whatever you're saying is another part of it. A uh, lot of people feel that they've lost themselves. Like, you know, uh, whatever they were, whatever their interests were, whatever their plans were, whatever they wanted to do in their lives, they have to kind of give up or they have to kind of sideline. And mm-hmm. actually, you feel violated at your basic level. Like, you feel that Whatever you value is not being valued. And somewhere uh, people feel that they actually kind of had to change themselves for this. Uh, Another part in a toxic relationship is that you're constantly feeling judged. Okay, So the other person is not trying to understand or ask questions to understand. But the other person is constantly saying, uh, what you're doing is wrong and you should not do this and you should do what I'm asking you to do. So somewhere this feeling that uh, you are not really uh, good and that's why i said that a lot of people feel belittled you know they feel that uh, i'm being made to feel stupid and i think this is this is very very critical uh in all relationships which are good for us uh we feel empathized with or we feel that the other person is able to understand our point of view uh, in toxic relationships there is definitely lack of empathy and, and the other person only wants to focus on their own needs and their own wants. And they don't give a damn about what you feel. So I think instead of empathy, what you get is apathy, apathy. Mm-hmm. So people mm-hmm. really, really don't care what you feel. It is okay. You feel so, but I don't agree. End of story. Uh, I think, uh, as I said earlier, a lot of people feel controlled. So control means that I have no uh, say in what is happening in my life and i have to constantly look at my partner or speak to my partner or get a confirmation for my partner approval. to actually do.
1: approval yeah
0: Approval. right uh so that, that is what i should do or should i not do uh, the final thing i think is gradually you find you becoming more and more angry you know a person who's been in a toxic relationship gradually their level of anger keeps going up because subconsciously you are feeling criticized you're feeling mocked and you're feeling that this person is being sarcastic with me mm-hmm. every single time. And, and as a result, your frustration keeps mounting and you, and you cannot say something. You have to keep on suppressing your emotions. And that's what leads to rage. So I think these are some of the characteristics.
1: Right. So what basically you're saying is one of the ways to overcome this is to first connect before you correct yes isn't it yes right so if all those listening I- i'm going to remember this uh the most i'm sure is that first you connect before you correct and uh, our last question for this talk is mr kinger can you give us a few tips i know uh there are so many things that we can do but just maybe two or three tips that you can give us which will help us help us to maintain our relationships because as you said relationships require a lot of work and it's it's not always easy so what can we do what can you tell us that we should do
0: okay so uh, so Maria the basic of psychology tells us that actually you can understand a person three ways Uh, one is by understanding their thoughts Uh, Second is by reading their emotions or understanding their emotions. And third is by understanding their behavior. Uh, So the simplest way to understand is that behavior is a language. Now, if you pay attention to people's behavior, uh, I'll give you a very simple example over here. Uh, When we go to a party uh, and somebody asks you, how are you? Before you said, I'm okay. Or, uh, you know, I was late or I'm hot or i'm sweaty the other person has you know you find a blank gaze in their eye and actually nobody is listening to you so this how are you has become just a random question uh, which 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 is being uh, you know thrown around and nobody is actually paying attention to you so mm-hmm. if you start paying attention to people's behavior now every time somebody asks you how are you uh, you you actually have to just nod and you wait and see the reaction you'll find that if the person is really interested, they will look at you and actually there'll be a question in their eyes. But somebody who's really not interested will just move on. So I think all of us need to start paying attention to the behavior of the partner or the person we are with uh, and understand that they are actually communicating with us, though they're not saying something. So if you're in a relationship where someone is repeatedly hurting you, diminishing you, putting you down, criticizing you actually they are telling you that you are a useless fool and though they are not saying this in so many words they are telling it to you aloud and you need to pay attention to that so so i want all the people probably listeners who are looking i mean here listening to this podcast start paying attention to other people's behaviors the other thing is uh, i think uh, whenever we uh, fall in love or whenever we try to uh, form a friendship or a relationship. We keep on uh, doing things to make that other person happier. We keep on uh, changing ourselves. We keep on investing our time and energy. And and we expect that they'll do the same with us. So we kind of get, get that other person so much into our head that we kind of stop paying attention to our own selves. So uh, my second advice to a lot of people here will be that the only thing that you can control in the world is your own thoughts and your own actions. Mm-hmm. So so really to keep on looking at somebody else to do things for you, uh, to reach out to you, all that is, is not really going to happen. And if it happens, well, good for you. You're very lucky. But largely, you need to focus on yourself. I'm not saying that you become selfish. I'm not saying that you don't care about others. I'm not saying that you don't be empathetic towards others. All I'm saying is, uh focus on yourself as much as you're focusing on your loved one or focus on your own needs and uh, em- uh, emotions as much as you focus on the other person so so this is the second part the third is we need to develop some amount of tolerance uh, uh though i said earlier that you know sometimes relationships go bad and people are not handling situations as well but we need to uh if we are empathetic towards others we'll realize that Sometimes people are going through a tough time. Or sometimes people are going through a transition. Sometimes people are going through an illness. Sometimes people are experiencing some loss. And I think uh, we need to be a little more graceful towards people we care about. Uh, Remember sometimes that uh, you may not know. Because a lot of us don't talk about our problems to even our closest, near and dear ones. We kind of suppress. Our culture encourages that we suppress our problems. Because uh, the world will think low of you. Or everybody will mock you. So I think uh, there could be times in everybody's life, couple of months, couple of days, couple of, uh, well, quarters, where the other person could be going through a tough time. And it's not their usual self. And I think you need to focus on 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 that and maybe be little more tolerant towards uh, situations like that. Uh, fourth, I think you should always kind of create a mental picture of what kind of a relationship you want because or how you want to be treated rather than uh, randomly getting into a relationship and then saying, uh, oh, whatever's happening is okay. You need to clearly have a conversation with your partner as to how they can help you make your day better, how they can be involved with you, what they can do to you. And at the same time, you also do the same thing where you ask them, what can you do for them? So it's a hundred percent involvement in each other. I think... uh, Another part is learning certain things like being assertive, setting up boundaries, forgiving yourself for making certain mistakes, at times confronting your partner, not because a lot of us don't confront because we are afraid that what if he or she gets angry and, you know, files for divorce. But Mm -hmm. I think confrontation is a very, very critical part in relationships. At the same time, allowing your vulnerabilities to show through. Because when you're vulnerable with people, you will find that they actually reach out to you and actually support you. So I think these are kind of tools that we can use. Uh, Two other points which I want to touch on is definitely talk to a counselor or a trusted friend. Uh, Friends will give you judgmental advice because they are your friends so i would actually highlight that you need to talk to a counselor where you reach out to a counselor who will give you unbiased opinion they will listen to you they listen to your partner if required and they'll come up with solutions and ideas which can be implemented uh, i know it's impo- it's it makes a lot of people uncomfortable that you're going to a therapist but i think it's, it's a need of the hour if you want to save your relationship uh well you'll have to do it if you don't do this I think uh, you may lose your relationship. So I think this is important. Finally, uh, if you think that you're in a toxic relationship uh, and you're dating a toxic person, it's important that you end that relationship. Uh, we don't end toxic relationships for fear that we may not find another partner. What if nobody comes and loves me again? Mm-hmm. What if I don't get married? Uh, what if uh, you know people know about this person for the last five years? Everybody will think that I'm wrong. So I think we have this lot of whole internal negative self-talk. I think that uh, creates problems. Toxic relationships cannot be solved by getting married. So you say, oh, now he's fighting because I'm not marrying him. After marriage, he'll change. Not true. They will also not change if you have a baby with that person. So having a Mm -hmm. child will not solve your problem. So I think uh, if you're hanging around, hoping that someday something will happen and suddenly this person is going to become great, I think it's a fantasy and it's time to move on. So I think you must value yourself. You must value a healthy relationship. It's only a positive relationship which will help you feel supported, encouraged and feel emotionally stable.
1: Right. That, that's that's a wonderful way to close and bring our, our podcast to an end. Mr. Kingar, it was such a pleasure. I've learned so much and I'm sure those who have been listening, would have benefited from this so thank you and for all those listening thanks for your time and for your attention i'm sure you have realized the importance of relationships and uh, the some of the tools that mr kinga has given we can use it for sure so until next time take care of yourself and we are going to be talking to you soon bye bye from all of us